my name is Jamie, and this is church. Okay, <laughs> let's pray. <laughs> hmm. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy and your peace. And Holy Spirit, will you help us to hear the truth today? In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So last week we started Lent. You guys remember? I'm sure you do. Did, uh, was anyone brave last week? Did anyone try any fasting? I mean, don't talk about it, but did anyone? Hands up. I mean, but don't talk. Don't put, don't put your hands up, but put your hands up. Did it go all right? Was it miserable? Was it misery? No, it was all right. Okay, so yeah, last week I did talk about fasting and how spiritual disciplines help us move deeper into our relationship with God. And they free us from our self-interest and our fear, and they lead us to joy. And um, we don't do these things to prove ourselves to God, but we do them to prepare ourselves for more of Him in our life. So... Let's get to the second week of Lent. And today's gospel reading comes from John's gospel. And it is a very familiar one with a very familiar verse. And um, I mean, it's so funny. There's so many people on the side. Like if we were on a boat, we'd be going in a circle right now. <laughs> Just <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, John chapter 3, and it's starting with the first verse. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him, Truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. 
So, Nicodemus is a Pharisee. And um, it is really easy to slag on the Pharisees and to point out their holier-than-thou ways and the way they often exclude the people. Like, I do this all the time. (laughs) And they were often very oppressive because they cared deeply about purity and Jewish nationalism. And they were concerned more with holiness than they were about the people they were leading. And it's really easy to consider them as enemies of Jesus because in multiple times in the Gospels, we see them challenging Jesus and trying to catch him at breaking Jewish law so that they can get rid of him. But it's good for us to remember that the enemy is the enemy. And people are not the enemy. People can be influenced by the enemy. But they're still people. They're human like us. And um, it's good for us to keep this in mind, especially during an election year, okay? Uh, Liberals are not the enemy, and uh, conservatives are not the enemy. And I have no sense of humor about this. Do not let the enemy trick you into hating or having contempt in your heart for your brothers and sisters. Amen? All right. So, Nicodemus is a Pharisee. A very devout Jew. And the Gospel of John tells us he's a ruler of the Jews. He's part of the Sanhedrin. He's one of the judges in the Jewish court system. Right? He's really important. He's a big deal. And he is rich. And he has lots of power. And he comes to Jesus at night. And it doesn't say that Nicodemus came at night because he was being sneaky and he didn't want the other Pharisees or judges to know he was having a chat with Jesus, you know, the guy who was just stirring up trouble. But, I mean, it does kind of seem that way, doesn't it? it? It does seem sneaky. It doesn't say he was invited, you know, and there are other times in the Gospels when Pharisees have invited Jesus over for dinner. So who knows? But I'm going to say it's a little sneaky. And Nicodemus says, Rabbi. He calls Jesus teacher. That's a title. He says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So, you know, look at that. He uses the pronoun we. So there are some Pharisees or judges or both who know that Jesus is from God. But notice he doesn't say that they know he's the son of God. He acknowledges that Jesus is from God, and Jesus doesn't let him get any further. He cuts him off. He tells Nicodemus, unless one is born again, or uh, born from above, as some of the translations will put it, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And that seems to come out of nowhere, (laughs) the way he says that. Uh, And Nicodemus replies with what sounds like a really silly question. You know, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? Like, I feel like he knows the answer to that question already. But he's treating Jesus like a rabbi. He's asking questions. 
So Jesus explains being born again to Nicodemus. Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Birth is a beginning. So if you're reborn, you have a new beginning. So our first birth is in the flesh, and it's corrupt. But the rebirth is of the spirit, right? It's not by our flesh. It's not by our power or our wisdom or our will. But it's by God and the Holy Spirit. And this rebirth, Jesus compares to the wind, you know, saying the wind goes where it wants. The spirit goes where it wants. We don't control the Holy Spirit. And we don't control the rebirth. And this new birth is from heaven, and it goes to heaven. So if you choose this new birth, you're changed by the Holy Spirit. And isn't that great news? Because it means that you don't have to depend on your own will or your own strength to see the kingdom of God. And once again, Nicodemus asks Jesus, how can this be? You know, he just, he wants... Jesus to really spell this out. And Jesus is really about to lay it all out. He says, are you the teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? Right. He calls him the teacher this time. So he's like, hey, rabbi to rabbi, are you telling me you don't understand what I'm saying? Do you really not get this? Now, in the Jewish world, there's a huge importance as a Jew of being born into Abraham's family. And that was really important to the Pharisees. And here, Jesus is saying to him, that's not enough. There's a new birth you have to have, and you can only get it from the Holy Spirit and not just by being Jewish. And this can't be easy for Nicodemus to hear. So Jesus says, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. And then he really lets him have it. In verse 11, he tells him, you know, we, we tell you what we know and what we've seen, and you don't believe our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you don't believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Remember, Nicodemus came to Jesus and he said, we know you're from God. But they just don't acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God. And Jesus doesn't let him get away with that. In verse 13, Jesus says, no one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Right? He's like, how do I know about heavenly things? Because I live there. And he says, whoever believes in the Son of Man will have eternal life. He says he'll be lifted up the way Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Do you remember that story? The Israelites were grumbling a lot against God and Moses, right? They were saying, why did you take us out of Egypt just to have us die out here? 
So God sent venomous snakes to bite them and kill them. It got their attention, you know, and the Israelites. Then they were like, hey, we are really sorry. We messed up. Will you please pray for us, Moses? And so he did, and God told them to make a serpent out of bronze and put it up on a pole so the people could see it. And if they looked at it, they would live and not die from their snake bites. It doesn't mean they weren't bitten by the snakes. Yeah, but they would live. So Jesus is saying that now he's the remedy. And we look to him and we won't die. We're still going to be bitten by sin, though, aren't we? But if we look to him, we will have eternal life. And Jesus continues to explain to Nicodemus that his Jewish lineage and the law it just isn't enough. And then he says the big one, right? Verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. He doesn't say, for God so loved his chosen people. He doesn't say, for God so loved his own law. And he doesn't say, for God so loved the United States of America either. <laughs> I think sometimes we forget that, that we aren't the world. Yeah. But no, he loved the whole world. He sent his son to save the whole world, not to condemn it. And that would be especially hard for Nicodemus to hear. And he says a few more things to him, and I have to wonder if he says it to him as a challenge, right? In verse 19, he says, The light has come into the world, and the people love the darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light. And has not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his deeds have been carried out in God. And remember, he came to Jesus at night, in the darkness. So it seems like Jesus is challenging him, like, there's a new line here, you know. It's not enough to be born Jewish. It's not enough to keep God's law. You must believe in the Son of God. And you must be born again by the Spirit and baptism. And then you have a choice. Are you going to continue to hide in the dark? Or are you going to do what is true and come to the light? It's a challenge to him, and it's a question for all of us. And... Um, you know what? We don't find out. We don't get to hear what Nicodemus says to that. We don't know if he says, wow, I'm in. Teach me more. Or if he says, you know, thank you. You've given me a lot to think about. I'll be in touch. <laughs> or if he says, Jesus, this is crazy. This is the kind of thing that's going to get you killed. We aren't told if he accepts it or rejects it. But later on, in chapter 7, the Pharisees are trying to get some officers to just arrest Jesus and take him away. 
And in verse 50, it says that Nicodemus said to them, does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? It doesn't go over that well. They're like, oh, what are you, his best friend all of a sudden? And then we see Nicodemus one more time in John's gospel in chapter 19 after Jesus dies on the cross. Joseph of Arimathea asks to bury Jesus' body. And it says that he and Nicodemus prepared the body for burial. And Nicodemus brought 75 pounds of burial spices and aloe. 75 pounds of spices, right? You guys have a spice cabinet at home. <laughs> That's a different cabinet, right? <laughs> um, this is an extravagant amount of spices. Very expensive. And this would not be for a typical Jewish burial. It was more like a royal burial. And um, I don't know how many of us are that generous and extravagant with strangers or people we don't really care about. So it seems like those deeds were done in the light. Now, John 3.16, it's such a famous verse isn't it? It's just everywhere here, right? Like, especially in the South. I don't know about other places, but you can't go outside without tripping over it. Um, and it gets, you know, it gets overused, but it's because it's so good. It is so good. It is the gospel. I mean, no, it can't be overused. It's, it's that good. Like, there's a reason you should overuse it. Yeah. Do you guys remember that guy that would go to the sporting events with the rainbow afro wig right and it would have a sign and he would sit like behind home plate so that the cameraman had to see it all the time that's, my brother. Is that, <laughs> that's your brother like i think other people started doing it too right but he started that he even went to the olympics like one year yeah he made it popular um do you guys know where he is now no he is serving three consecutive life sentences in prison for kidnapping yeah isn't that something? Yeah. So if you guys are going to be zealous for Jesus, like, um, break a different kind of law. Break one that Jesus broke. Don't start breaking your own. Like, raise the dead. Get arrested for raising the dead. I want to I see that. Yeah. I, don't, I probably shouldn't have said any of that. Like, that's all you're going to remember from this sermon when you go home is like, that guy kidnapped people? <laughs> okay. Pull the gym. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, you Google it later. Google it later. It's not great. It's not great. Okay. So let's sum this up. <laughs> Quickly, let's sum this up. Um, <laughs> for God so loved the world. Yes. Uh, he loves the whole world. His whole creation. Yes. Past, present, and future. Loved it so much that he sent Jesus to be the sacrifice for our sins. Mm -hmm. And although 
We don't get to choose our first birth. Have you ever heard like a stompy teenager say like, oh, I didn't ask to be born, you know? And you expect it from a teenager. You know, like when it's a 30-year-old doing it, it's like, get some help. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we don't get to choose our first birth. Like, you're not the only one. Um, we don't get to choose whether we're Jew or Gentile. But we do get to say yes or no to our new birth. And I hope that you've all said yes. Okay, I hope you're letting the Holy Spirit do his work in you. Yeah. And isn't it great that he does the work for us? Like, we say yes, and he does all the heavy lifting. Amen. Now, we're going to have communion together as a family, because uh, we've been reborn into this kingdom family, uh, where Jesus is our brother and God is our heavenly father. So we're going to share this meal together. And then after that, if you would like prayer for any reason, um, please meet our ministry team on the green carpet, okay? And go over there and let the Holy Spirit minister to you. And don't leave here hurting or unsure of your rebirth in the Spirit, okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we see you, and we see your love for your whole creation, and it is amazing. Thank you for sending your Son and Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. We are judged forgiven by your blood. The Holy Spirit, we are so thankful for our rebirth that we get from you. And we admit that sometimes we hide in the darkness. So will you help us move to the light and help us crave the truth? Thank you. We love you, God, and we trust you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.